Welcome to the Simple Power Podcast. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and it's my privilege and honor to be sharing with you this week. This program is all about thinking and talking practically about the presence and the power of God. This week's discussion is called Rest on Every Side. This is a discussion that's really near and dear to my heart, and I just really felt impressed by the Lord to get into this particular subject this week. I know this week is Christmas time and all of that, and I thought about doing a Christmas message, but I just really felt like this this message was the word of the Lord for this particular week. So we're going to jump into this. Just before we get into the material, I want to invite you once again to visit my website, simplepowermedia.com. You'll find all kinds of free resources there that will equip you and just help you go deeper in the areas of understanding God's presence and God's power operating in your life in practical ways. But I have a brand new online course. I think I mentioned it in last week's episode. I'm still running a very special promotional discount. It's currently going for $47. That's more than half off what it usually costs. I decided to keep that promotion going through Christmas, and I'll probably run it through the end of the year just to make it nice and easy and simple for everybody. That course is... Uh, really, uh, it's a step-by-step, take-you-by-the-hand, walk-you-through some really, really practical and simple truths and some practical exercises and all kinds of different things to help you to experience God's voice, to hear God's voice, to learn the different ways that God speaks. It's not difficult. It's not complicated to hear the voice of God. So if you've struggled with that in your personal life, or maybe you know somebody who works in the ministry or something like that, or who wants to grow in that area of hearing the voice of God, I believe it would make a great gift to this holiday season. But uh, you can feel free to check all of that out, simplepowermedia.com under the online training tab. There is a free mini course, then there's the full-blown course on learning to hear God's voice clearly and consistently. So you can check all of that out at simplepowermedia.com. All right, so rest on every side. What is this all about? Jesus finished his work upon that cross 2,000 years ago, and when he hung upon that cross, he declared, it is finished. And so we live in the finished works of Jesus Christ. That, by definition, is supposed to be restful. It doesn't mean that we don't work hard. It doesn't mean that we don't fight for things. It doesn't mean that we don't pursue goals and all of that. Let's not get out of balance with this. But what it does mean is that we rest in him. We rely on him. We focus on what he's promised. We focus on his word. And we allow him to take even our efforts and to just infuse his grace into every aspect of our lives. Not just the quote-unquote spiritual aspects of our lives, but every aspect of our lives. And we get to cease from our labors. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, he's like, take my yoke upon upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he invites you, Jesus constantly invites you and I into this exchange where we get to come to him with anything that's weighing us down, anything that's burdensome, anything that's hard, anything that's difficult, anything that's causing us to lose sleep or to not be experiencing the fullness of his peace in our lives or whatever it might be. And we get to give those things to him. He takes them and he just allows us to rest in him, to rest in his promises and to be continuously led by the spirit of God so that those things in your life that are challenging and that are frustrating and that are difficult sometimes, that he takes them, he takes it for you. And so you get to just rest in him. And so when, you know, we we have a choice to make, we can keep trying to juggle all these different balls that we're trying to juggle through life 
or we can make our priority to love him and to listen to his voice and to trust and obey. And that is so much more restful when we do it his way than trying to do it our own way. And so God started talking to me this week about rest on every side. And just to get into this, I want to share, uh, read a scripture to you from 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 4. And this is King Solomon talking, really toward the beginning of his reign. And he's talking to another, uh, a, 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 another king who is a friend of his. And he says, But now, verse 4, the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. So check that out. He says, the Lord God has given me rest on every side. Now, if you remember, Solomon is the son of David. Solomon took over for David. Now, David was such a beloved king throughout Israel's history, and David had incredible military conquests and really set Solomon up for this 40 years. Solomon reigned for 40 years and his reign over Israel is really considered to be the the time of the greatest peace that they've ever experienced, the time of the greatest prosperity and abundance. If you get into some of this stuff and you read and you start to see the incredible wealth and abundance that God had made available to Solomon and to the nation at that time, it was just crazy. There's one point where they're talking about how the silver just like piled up on the streets. Like there was so much silver that it wasn't even a big deal anymore. It was just piling up like, oh, I don't need any more silver. I've got plenty. It was just ridiculous. Just amazing amounts of wealth. It's still said that Solomon is believed to be the wealthiest person that has ever walked this earth. And so David really, through his obedience to the Lord and through his military conquests and everything that he did, he really paved the way to sort of pass this torch off to his son Solomon, who then was able to really experience rest. And now Solomon is able to reap the benefits and the rewards of everything that his father had gone through, had fought for, that the nation of Israel had fought for. And so now they enter into this season of just incredible wealth and incredible peace. And Solomon is like, the Lord has given me rest on every side. I want you to know that God desires that you have rest on every single side. He doesn't want you to just have rest in your finances, but then have this like turmoil going on in your health or in your relationships or whatever it might be. He wants you to experience absolute peace. Now, the Old Testament word for peace is the word shalom. And it's really interesting to me because when you look at the the, the definition and the understanding of the Old Testament word shalom, and you compare it with the New Testament word for salvation, those words are very, very similar. Like salvation is not just about getting you saved so that you can go to heaven. Of course, very important part about salvation, right? But there's more to it than that because God doesn't want you to just sort of hang on for dear life until you get to heaven someday and then everything is great. No, he wants you to experience heaven on earth. Now, before you get ahead of me, that doesn't mean that you're never going to have problems. It doesn't mean that you're never going to have a conflict, but, and I'll deal with that in just a minute, but God wants you to experience heaven on earth. He wants you to experience his presence. He wants you to experience breakthrough and victory. And when you really break down the word salvation, you'll find out that it has to do with not just getting saved and going to heaven, but actually health, wealth, 
prosperity, security, general well-being. It has to do with wholeness. It really has to do with everything, making sure that you are completely protected and insulated on every single side from the attacks and the schemes of the enemy. It's not just like this spiritual thing for later in the future. It's a, it's, it happens here in the natural and you get to experience God's presence and power and heaven here on earth. That's his desire. And so when the Bible talks about giving us rest on every side, so I want you to just think about the prophetic implication of this for just a minute. Because here we have Solomon, and he's saying after his father David had passed this torch off to him, okay, let me, let me read this again. But now the Lord has given me rest on every side. Let, let, let me go up a verse. Let me go up a verse. Verse 3, you know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the wars which were fought against him on every side. Okay, so that's what I was just talking about. David wasn't able to build the house for the Lord. Even though he wanted to build it, he had the desire to build it. God was like, no, it's not for you to build. It's for the one that's going to come after you. So he's like, because of the wars which were fought against him on every side. So David had wars against him on every side. Until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. And then into verse 4, But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. So what did God do? God put all of David's enemies under his feet. And so now Solomon gets to step into this situation. He gets to step into this realm of breakthrough into this realm of peace into this realm of prosperity into this realm of rest on every side because of what God had accomplished through his father David now let me just read something to you because I think that this is really really profound here in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 it's talking about Jesus and it says and he well that's actually referring to the father the father put all things under his feet under the feet of Jesus and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So here's so I want you to just see how this relates here if you can track with me. So David experienced military conquest and victory. He did everything that God had instructed him to do in terms of the military conquests. He won victory, he had breakthrough. God put all of David's enemies under David's feet. Now we're talking here in the New Testament Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 we're talking about Jesus and how Jesus came and he gave his life on the cross. The Bible says that he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He came, he said that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He said he didn't come to, to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He hung on that cross. He declared, it is finished. He took care of everything. And right there in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, it says that God the Father put everything under his feet, that the devil, that all demons, that all principality, that all power, those authorities in heavenly places, those demonic powers and strongholds, they've all been put under the feet of Jesus. And then it adds this, and we are his body. And so if we're the body of Christ, and everything is under the feet, which is part of the body of Jesus, that means that everything, that every enemy, every demonic power, every demonic influence and stronghold has already been placed under your feet. And so Jesus, prophetically, and there's a, there's a whole lot of prophetic significance between Jesus and David. Jesus referred to, was referred to as the son of David, 
right? And so there's a, there's a lot of prophetic connection there as well, which I'm not going to take the time to get into right now. But in this same way that David, he, he, was, he won all these military conquests. He took care of all of those things. He defeated his enemies. God put all of his enemies under his feet. So now Solomon, his son, is able to step into the next season of prosperity and blessing and abundance and peace, saying, I have rest on every side, not because of what I've done, but because of what my father did before me. And you and I, we get to walk through this life in the knowledge, in the understanding, in the assurance, in the confidence that Jesus has already defeated every enemy on our behalf, that the father has placed all of his enemies under his feet, And so now he passes the torch off to us saying, as I've done, go and do likewise. You know, Jesus would say things like, you've heard Jesus say, I'm the light of the world. But then he turned around and he's like, you are the light of the world. He's like, all authority, Matthew 28, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he's like, now you guys go, therefore, the Great Commission, and make disciples of all nations. What's the point? It's like this torch being handed off to us. Jesus came and modeled and demonstrated what it looks like to depend on the Holy Spirit, to live in obedience to the Father, to respond to the voice of God, and to experience breakthrough in life and in ministry and in everything that we do. Jesus modeled that to us perfectly. And so you and I, we get to walk through this life in the assurance that Jesus has already taken care of every enemy, every enemy you will ever face, every problem, every conflict, every demonic attack, everything that you will ever face, Jesus has already taken care of it. Back to 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 4, Solomon says, But now the Lord has given me rest on every side. Then he says, There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. (laughs) That's amazing. There is no adversary. There is no evil occurrence. Who is the devil? The devil is our adversary. He is the accuser of the brethren. That's who he is. So look, that word there, that there is neither adversary, that word adversary is actually the Old Testament Hebrew word for Satan. If you look it up, that's what it says. It's the Old Testament Hebrew word for Satan. I think it's pronounced Satan or something like that. But look it up. Check it out in in, in the original Hebrew language. So look, he's like, there is no more Satan. (laughs) There is no more adversary. There is no more evil occurrence. Now, do you think that that meant that the people never had conflicts? That the people never had challenges? That they never had arguments against each other? That every single family and every single person within that nation of people was completely just like in perfect harmony all the time? I really doubt it. (laughs) I really don't think that that was the case. But here's the deal, that there was so much of an awareness of God's presence and God's abundance in the midst of them, that there was so much awareness of the faithfulness of God, of the goodness of God, that God had blessed the people so much and they were so aware of what was available to them, that the attacks of the enemy, that the normal stuff that would have been going on in life and causing strife and causing issues and causing military conflicts and different things like that, that those things were just simply not an issue. I wish I could have been there to know exactly what it looked like in that time. But here's the thing. It does not mean that you'll never have problems. It doesn't mean that you'll never be under attack. It doesn't mean that you'll never, like even Jesus was attacked by the enemy, right? So if Jesus was, 
No servant is greater than his master. So if Jesus was attacked, if Jesus was hated, if Jesus was ridiculed, if Jesus was condemned and Jesus even was under temptation of the enemy and all these different things, then of course, as his followers, you and I are going to experience the same thing. And we should not expect to never have problems. We should not expect to never have conflict. Actually, this book tells us that we will have conflict. Jesus is like, Hey, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So when our focus is on the conflict and on the attack and on the problem and on the fear and on the different things that happen, then what happens is that we actually open ourselves up to be influenced by the enemy. We open ourselves up to demonic influence. And that is the thing that Jesus came to take care of once and for all. Here is the situation as it stands right now. You have everything available to you that you will ever need to live in abundance and victory. Right now. You have it right now. And so often, I think that we're asking God to like, we're asking God for things and we want him to have pity on us and we want him to feel bad for us. We want him to feel sorry because God, don't you see what I'm going through? Don't you see these problems? Don't you see what they're doing to me? Don't you see how they're talking about me? Don't you see these financial issues? Don't you see this health problem? Don't you see how this relationship is in so much trouble and my family this? And don't you see God? Don't you see what is going on? Where are you, God? Have you ever had conversations with God like that? It's okay. (laughs) It's okay to talk to God like that because he gets it. He understands where you are and he knows your heart anyway. So you might as well just be open and honest. And I'm not saying that God won't supernaturally intervene in your life. I'm not saying that he won't break in with healing and victory and all that kind of stuff. We pray all the time. We pray for the sick all the time. We believe God for miracles all the time. I'm not saying that we don't do those things. What I'm saying is we actually need to learn how to stand upon the word. We need to learn how to stand on the word of God. I know that sounds really, really simple. But we need to learn how to stand upon the word of God, to rest in his promises, to rest in his finished work. He's given us rest on every side. Why? Because we have entered into the abundance of what Jesus came to secure for us. We're not fighting for security. We're not fighting for victory. We're not fighting trying to get something or trying to attain something or try to qualify for something because he already did all of that for us. He did it. He took care of it. It's already done. It is finished. It is finished. What do you need? What is the problem that you're facing? What is the conflict that you're going going through? Whatever it is, it is finished. Jesus already took care of it. He already secured your victory. You do not fight for victory. You you wage war according to the promises of God from a place of victory because he always leads us into triumph. But I feel like so often God is just waiting for us to step into agreement with him, to step into agreement with his heart, to stand upon the promises of his word and to recognize that we stand in a place of victory in spite of what it looks like out here in the natural in front of us. Again, it doesn't mean that there's never going to be conflict. There will be conflict, but he's present with you in the conflict and he's already done everything to secure your absolute victory in the midst of it. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7, it says, When the enemy comes against you one way, he'll flee from before you seven ways. And I think that what happens a lot of times is 
we get impressed by the enemy. We wouldn't ever think that or admit to that, but I think that we do it a lot. Get impressed by the enemy's attack. Become overwhelmed by the enemy's attack. The enemy is real. But just like Solomon is like, there is no adversary or evil occurrence. You can get to the place in your relationship with God where you are so focused on him. You are such a worshiper and such a lover of God that your focus is so fixed on him that you become impervious to the schemes of the enemy. You become impervious to his attacks. You know what happens when you don't put any insulation in your attic? (laughs) I do. (laughs) We had a house fire uh, several years back and we didn't recognize, we don't do anything in the attic. We don't go up there ever because we don't store anything up there. But we didn't pay attention to the fact that the workers, when they came and fixed everything, they didn't re-insulate the attic when they were done. And so our electric bills were really, really high (laughs) for a few months. And we were like, what is going on? We finally went up there for some reason and we found out that there was zero insulation up there. So what was happening? All of our the, the, the energy from the, from the home, whether it was heat energy at the time, it was summertime, so it was actually the, the cool air, the air conditioning, it was escaping through the walls and we were paying a lot more money than we were supposed to be paying for our electric bills because our home was not insulated properly. Jesus has done everything to insulate you on every single side. He has insulated you from the attacks of the enemy. He has made you impervious to the enemy's schemes. It doesn't mean that you'll never have conflict, but what it does mean is that you can rest assured that you already have the victory, that you can stand firm upon upon the faithfulness of God, the promises of God, what he has showed you, what his word declares, who God is, his character, his nature. Look, if you have nothing else to stand on, just remember the fact that God is good. That God is good, and because he is good, he causes all things to work together for your good. Come on, somebody. Because he's good, he causes all things to work together for your good. Romans 8, 28. And so you can stand upon that simple truth. God, I don't know what's going on. I don't get this. This is hard. This is difficult. I don't understand. But I recognize that you are good. And you take on the fact that he's good and you let him carry your burden for you and that weight that you're holding that you were never meant to carry in the first place. Why? Because he already died on the cross to secure everything for you to give you rest on every side. He wants you to experience fullness, completeness, wholeness, abundance, not just in a spiritual sense, of course that's important, but also physically, in your relationships, in your health, in your finances, in all of it. He wants you to experience absolute rest and peace. He died to secure it for you. So the enemy comes at you one way, but he flees from before you seven ways. Do you have any idea what really happens to the devil, to the demons, to the powers of darkness when they come at you with an attack? And instead of you like accepting that attack and, and taking it and embracing it and, and accepting it as your own and allowing it to bring that influence into your mind and into your thinking and, and causing you to spiral out of control. Like when you actually don't do that, but when the attack comes and you just and you choose to be a worshiper of God and to worship him and to focus on him and to give him thanks in the midst of a storm that you're going through, like do you have any idea what that does to the devil? You know what? Let me just tell you what it does to the devil. Let me just tell you because it's good news. I have good news for you. This is not a Christmas message, but I've got good news for you. So Merry Christmas. All right. Philippians chapter 1 verse 28 says, 
and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. There again is that word adversary. Who's your adversary? The devil. This is plural. Adversaries. So the demons, the demonic forces, strongholds, powers, principalities, heavenly places, all that stuff. All right? Not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation. So look, when you refuse to be terrified by your adversaries, by the enemy, when you refuse to allow the schemes and the attacks and the plans of the enemy to terrify you, when you do that, when you actually stand your ground in God, what happens? It is to them, Paul says, a proof of perdition. It's, the, it's evidence to them of their own impending judgment and destruction. They know where they're going. They know that Jesus, their head's already been crushed. The devil's head has already been crushed. Jesus already took care of that when he died on the cross. I told you, it is finished. It's finished. It doesn't need to get any more finished. It is already finished. Of course, Jesus is going to come back. Again, he's going to restore everything. We're going to be perfected and everything is going to be amazing. But we have access to heaven on earth now. We have access to the finished works of Jesus Christ now. We have access to the security that he died to secure for us now. We have access to it all now. And the devil knows that and he knows that his time is short and he understands that. And so what happens when you choose to stand your ground in God and you say, not today, Satan, right? In whatever terms you say that, you don't even have to mention him. You don't even have to acknowledge him. You just acknowledge God. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. You acknowledge God. You direct your focus and your attention and your love and your affection. You direct it all toward God and you recognize who he is. You recognize his goodness. Even if you don't have any strength within you to say a, a fancy prayer, but all you recognize is, God, I thank you that you're good. Those moments where your back is up against the wall and you don't have anywhere to go. You don't have any hope but God. Just know that you are in an amazing place. I know it's hard to say that because I know that you might be going through something difficult, but just know that when your back is up against the wall and you have no hope but God, just recognize that you are in an amazing place because he always leads you into triumph in Christ Jesus. That he causes all things, even the worst of things, to work together for your good because he desires your good. He desires to prosper you and to advance you. He desires that the devil would actually see you triumphing over him. Like, that's important. That's why in Psalm 23, he's like, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I prepare a table before <laughs> He prepares a table before you. What does he want? He wants the enemy to watch you eating. He wants the enemy to watch you resting. He wants the enemy to see that you are resting and relying on the faithfulness of God in spite of the attack. And what happens when you do that? It's a reminder to the devil of where he's going. It's a reminder to all of your adversaries that their end is already set. It's already written in blood. <laughs> it's already written in the blood of Jesus. It's written in the book. They know it. And they're reminded of it. And that's why when the enemy comes at you one way, he flees from before you seven ways. We can be tempted to look at the attack of the enemy and to become impressed by it. And to be like, okay, he's coming at me one way. In other words, he's coming at me with this precise attack. He knows exactly how to get me. And we can become impressed by that. Or we can continue to focus on God, direct our heart and our affection toward him. And when we do that in the midst of an attack, the enemy actually has to flee from you. And it doesn't just say he flees the way he came. It says he flees seven ways because that attack is nothing but smoke and mirrors. That attack is nothing but a lie. 
It might be based in some facts, all right? It may be based on the fact that, yeah, you did just lose your job. Yeah, you did just get that diagnosis. Yeah, you did just have that tragedy happen in your family. Yeah, you did just have that relationship fall apart. Yeah, that did happen. And so the enemy will take that and he'll put that at you and he'll use that, try to make you think that he somehow got something on you or something against you or that he somehow won. He hasn't won anything. It's nothing but a lie. The reason it's a lie is because it. It, it, it takes the grace of God. It, it tries to take the grace of God and the faithfulness of God out of the picture. But what the enemy doesn't tell you and what he doesn't want you to remember is that even that thing, God causes all things to work together for your good. It's hard to see it sometimes. I get it. But he causes all things to work together for your good. And when you rest on the faithfulness of God in the midst of a storm, in the midst of an attack, in the midst of a conflict, the enemy doesn't just flee from you the way he came. He flees seven ways. What that says to me is he's scattered. He's confused. He's like, get me out of here. I got to get out of here. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I expected. This is not right. Why? Because he's reminded of where he's going. He's reminded that he is already a defeated foe and he's got nothing on a child of God that knows how to worship God in the midst of conflict. And with that, I will say to you, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hope you have an awesome week, guys. And uh, even though it's holidays, we'll still be back here next Monday, same time, same place. So I look forward to seeing you then. Have a good one.